Well, hey, everybody, welcome to the Mercy Talk podcast from Mercy Multiplied, where we are passionate about empowering you with biblical principles for growing in mental, emotional, and spiritual health and equipping you to share those principles with others. To find out more about who we are, head over to mercymultiplied.com. And you can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Mercy Multiplied. I am Melanie Wise, and joining me on this episode is a special guest that we will be introducing to you all for the first time here on Mercy Talk, Nicola Bartel. Nicola is the executive director of our Mercy program in Canada and has been part of the Mercy family for 18 years. She first heard Nancy speak at a conference back in May of 2003, and that was when the vision to bring Mercy to Canada came to life. Nicola served as a volunteer for five years, and then in 2008, she officially became the executive director, and she does an incredible job of leading the charge there in Canada. And just so that you are all aware, we are going to be having some of our international staff on Mercy Talk on a more regular basis. If you don't know, we have staff in Canada and in the UK and beyond. So, I'm really excited about this because they are a wealth of great wisdom and insight and experience. So we're really, really excited about introducing you to some of them over the coming months. Today with Nicola, we are going to be talking about a topic that I don't think we have ever discussed on Mercy Talk. We are going to be discussing blended families and how to navigate blended family dynamics in a healthy way. And if you are going, what's a blended family? Well, I literally looked this up online to get a really clear cut definition to give you all. And I found that blended families also can be referred to as step families, bonus families, or I'd never heard this before, insta families. (laughs) But this is basically where a family where at least one parent has children that are not biologically or adoptive related to the other spouse. So either parent or both may have children from previous relationships or marriages. That is what a blended family is and what we're discussing today. So I love that we're going to be able to tackle a topic that we have never discussed before. And whether you are personally part of a blended family or know someone who is that you can share this episode with, we hope that the show is really helpful for you. And I can tell you now that we are going to be covering some things in this episode that will really benefit you whether or not you are part of a blended family. Some of the things we're going to talk about today will be helpful for you if you're just a human being. So we are really glad that you have joined us and we hope you enjoy the show. Well, Nicola, it is so great to have you with us on Mercy Talk for the first time ever. This is so fun. It's not going to be the last time. I can already tell you that. So, um, I am just really looking forward to us being able to dive into something that we've literally never talked about after 300 episodes of Mercy Talk. I don't think we've ever talked about this. And so, you know, I came to you and I said, what are some things that you're you're seeing, that you're hearing, especially with the work that you guys are doing in Canada? Like, what are some things that you're seeing or that you're just really passionate about? And this was one of the things that you brought to the table. You said, you know, just talking about blended families and how to navigate that um, is something I get, you know, excited about talking about. So I would love to know before we dive into anything today, you know, what is it that led you to want to discuss this topic today? 
Yeah, for sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Melanie. It's an honor and a privilege to join you on such a such a big topic. Mm. You know, we probably won't cover every detail today, but <laughs> yes. I think we'll get some good nuggets for sure. Right, right. And so probably for me, it goes way back to when I when I first became a Christian. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. So in middle of grade 11, I accepted Jesus. And that summer, I counseled kids camp. And I remember during one of the chapel times, an eight-year-old coming up asking for prayer, you know, brokenhearted. Her parents were getting divorced and mm. she just kind of collapsed into me and I started to pray for her and I literally felt her agony and pain. Mm -hmm. And I've always had a tender heart for children. I love children. And uh, we live in a culture today and for a variety of reasons, divorce rates are on the rise. And I think mm. probably as this COVID uh, story continues, uh, we'll see statistics even greater. I know we're seeing here yeah. domestic abuse on the rise mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and financial challenges. And so communication challenges, people being in each other's space more. So I think um, I think it's a big and an important topic. And I think we yeah. can improve and do this well because it's a reality. Mm -hmm. So that's one reason. Another reason I spent a dozen years as a youth leader and at camps or youth group and just seeing uh, young adults uh, at the developmental stages where they need safety and security and a sense of belonging, hmm. you know, have parents that have divorced and a new parent comes onto the scene and perhaps they go on to have children mm -hmm. and them kind of feeling like they were the peripheral and no longer the central. Yeah, yeah. So all the fears and insecurities that go along with that. And it just really broke my heart. And then thirdly, little did I know, I would get married at 35, never mm -hmm. been married before. And I would marry someone that had two preteen sons. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, trying to do that well, trying not to kick into perfectionism and be the perfect this and that. But how do we do this well so that those children have the time to adapt and adjust well and um, know that they're a priority and uh, and also you know grow and learn in the commitment of a growing new relationship yes oh which i just think is it's so good that you're you're really able to speak to this from so many different perspectives but primarily being part of a blended family yourself. And so I think that is very, very important for listeners to know this isn't just like our good ideas about this. This is coming from someone who is literally walking this out yourself. Um, but then another thing you said that stood out to me was, you know, you're just talking about the effects that that this can have on the children and the families. And you have been on that side of like ministering to them when they're already in that place of like, this has really kind of rocked my world and I'm not really sure I have a place to belong anymore. All of that. Um, and so just as we always do at Mercy, you know, we're like, I mean, yes, there's a place for ministering to them, but what if we could get to the root of that, which was actually, and, and I'm not saying that every child that has, has gone through that is because their, you know, parents mishandled it. But I love what you said, like, let's talk about how we can do this really well so that our kids don't end up having to walk through some of that just pain and heartache in their, you know, childhood years, but also in their adult years and how that can linger on in that way. So, um, man, I'm excited to dive into this with you today for sure. Um, and so, you know, I think maybe a place to start could just be talking about those early stages after the end of a marriage. And I think it's important for us to know, like, this is not going to be a show on like divorce. And you know, like, this, no. is like, this is like, like you said, it's already, this is already like, this has happened. This is happening. And so I think, where we want to go now is just talking about 
um, once this is a situation that you have found yourself in, um, that a marriage has ended for one reason or another, let's talk about like the dating process. I mean, how do we even just date well? Um, and when we do date, I mean, how do we and when do we include the children from the former you know, union? Like, how does that all flush itself out in a healthy way? Yeah. And I think first, there is no perfect exacts with this. Of course, it all depends on the ages of the children, the developmental stage they're at. If it's like my situation where I didn't have children, or mm. are you going into a family where there's other children? Mm. But I think we need to really start with the the individual parents that have gone through the brokenness and the heartache mm. of divorce. I think my number one top tip would be slow down. Mm. Slow That's down. So yeah. Yes. You know, it's so hard, you know, yes. when that bonding and attachment, the oneness of couplehood mm. takes place. And mm. I always remember my pastor doing a sermon and he cut out a pink paper doll and a blue paper doll and he put some stick glue on it, put them mm -hmm. together and then ripped them apart. And I think uh, just to remember, they'll always be a part of the blue on the pink and a pink on the blue. Yeah. And that took place and it mattered. And it was yeah. significant. And those children are made up of 50% of both parents. Mm -hmm. And so how we navigate this and, and work towards something healthy requires uh, stillness, requires counseling, requires uncoupling. What mm -hmm. does uncoupling mean? What does it mean to be from going through from being a couple to being one again? Yeah. Being comfortable, the sense of self before you rush into something else. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I think slowing down and for the children, I think uh, being mindful of their behaviors and their reactions and, you know, even starting with, well, dad's going out tonight. If they know he's mm. going on a date, you mm. know, making sure dad or mom has taken the time to prepare them to mm -hmm. um, create open space for conversation. How do they feel about that? And mm -hmm. then not introducing the children right away because especially mm -hmm. if they're younger they mm -hmm. form attachments fairly quickly mm -hmm. and how awful is that if we cycle in and out of lives and we just yes. wreck that foundation or crack that foundation further mm. so just from what i've seen i'd say slow down yeah. make sure this is moving forward mm -hmm. and it's fine to date, but make sure that this is moving forward before you introduce the children because they don't need to manage another broken relationship. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's what I would say. That's great. That's so good. And, you know, as I as I said in the introduction of this show, I think there's going to be things that are shared today that are helpful and beneficial for everyone, whether or not you're navigating a blended family. And I think what you shared just about... Um, that slowing down and that, you know, that waiting till you feel like you are a whole person again, you know, I just remember, I mean, I got married later in life as well. And I just remember hearing that over and over and over and over and over and over throughout my single years, you know, like you need to be, you need to offer a whole person, you know, you need to be good and whole on your own without needing and having to have that other person. But now that I'm married and I've been married now, I mean, it's not that long, but I've been married for five years. And so I'm like, wow, I can see how quickly, um, truly like two whole people do become like one. And I'm like, I just can't imagine. I mean, I'm kind of even walking this out a little bit with my mom. I've shared on Mercy Talk that, you know, my dad passed away this last December 
to COVID. And I am now seeing, I mean, now my parents were married for 40 years. <laughs> that was a, a really long time. But how much, and my mom is starting to realize that more and more, how much of everything that she was, was because was part of, it was them. It was them as a couple. And it's almost like until that isn't there anymore, you don't even realize how much every part of you is wrapped up in that other person. And I mean, that, that can be an, that can be to an unhealthy extreme, of course, but that is part of what marriage is. And so, and that's why, you know, in many ways that was what it was created to be a, a forever thing. But when that is no longer the case, it's going to, potentially take you some time to even realize how much of yourself was was in that other person and in that marriage. And so I love your advice to just take it slow and let yourself get to that place of healing and wholeness again before you attach again. Um, I just I think that that's great for everyone, honestly, no matter where you find yourself. So when it comes to, you know, getting to that point of actually considering remarriage, you know, how, or, or even if you haven't even gotten to that point yet, I think it's so good to even talk about having that space to really grieve the loss of kind of what maybe was like this picture perfect ideal situation of, of parents and children and, um, and grieving what maybe has been lost, uh, but also you know, being able to, and especially with your kids, being able to navigate just that wide range of emotions that can be associated with that loss, which I'm sure you could have multiple podcasts literally just on this topic. But what would you even just say at a high level about how to allow that space to grieve and, and experience those emotions? And again, it's different for each situation. But I mean, I think just primarily counseling, of course, you know, counseling uh, for you uh, as an individual counseling Mm -hmm. with your kids, family counseling, again, Mm -hmm. getting some expert advice on how to navigate this with your children Mm -hmm. and um, creating a safe space, I would say, for the kids to know that it's okay to talk about their disappointment or, um, you know, maybe they feel it was their fault so that there's time and space for them to open up about that. So you can affirm that it wasn't their fault because especially eldest children, they will carry that, right? Mm -hmm. Like maybe I could have done something. It's Mm -hmm. that whole grief and loss process, right? Where, Mm -hmm. you know, there's denial and anger and all those things go back and forth. And there's the blame, shame, emotional reasoning. Maybe I, maybe it was my fault if I'd have been a better young boy or young girl, Mm -hmm. all those kinds of things. And so making sure there's space for those children to move through that process with you and don't, you don't have to have all the answers, but just allow them to be and move through that. So it's, again, it's creating space for that. I'm reminded as you're talking, and I don't know, I was sitting here going, I don't, I don't want to say this from a place of potentially creating any sort of shame or anything around this, but more from the place of an awareness. You know, I remember when I was a youth pastor, um, I remember a couple of conversations with some uh, couples who were considering divorce and they had kids, you know, in the youth ministry. And I remember a specific conversation with one where they said, it'll be fine. Our kids are going to be fine. And I just remember thinking, like just, just kind of that. I just, sometimes I think with parents, you can just want your kids to be fine so badly (laughs) that you talk yourself into believing that they're fine, you know? Um, And so I don't mean to say this from a place of heaping any shame on people who have, you know, who have kids and have gotten 
a divorce, but I think just knowing and understanding that it is going to affect your children and it can have a very powerful impact on your children. And so I say that only because I think for you as a parent might want so badly for your kids to just be fine with it, that you can kind of talk yourself into that or choose to believe like they're fine, they're fine, they're fine. But I think what you shared was so important to, first of all, allow that space, invite them to share and to be be willing to share those things with you, but also to have that outside person, whether that's a counselor, a pastor, a mentor, someone where they can go and really just let out all the emotions because they may not feel extremely safe and open with the parents who actually maybe, you know, they're like, well, you're the ones who, you're the reason I'm in this, you know, that you're the reason I'm feeling this way. I don't want to share this stuff with you, but for you to provide that avenue for them, I just think is so, 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 so good and important. Um, and will really allow them to process those things in a healthy way. Um, so I would love to talk a little bit about, you know, what is of course one of our favorite topics. If you've been around Mercy Talk for any minute, you know how much we love to talk about boundaries. And I think that that, this conversation is where that can really come into play. Um, But how how do we establish boundaries um, between children with step parents and then also boundaries with children and the former partners when I mean there's all kinds of different boundary conversations that can come into play and so um, even even there are situations where you know you need to have some strong boundaries with your children and your former partner when that's needed um, and so there's a few different scenarios that could come into play there but what would you say um, as far as how boundaries can play a role in this? Well, I think it starts with, I mean, I say it three times, communication, communication, communication. Uh, And then I'd follow that with respect, respect, respect. Mm. And, you know, I always love uh, like the word respect. When I I look at that word, it's, you know, if you break down the first two letters, the R-E, it's that's repeat if you're musical. Mm -hmm. And spect comes from glasses, you know, which you think of a fine lens, looking at something over and over again to make sure you're getting an accurate picture. Yeah. I've never heard that. Yeah. I'm writing that one down. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. So so I think communication and um, when possible, allow the biological parent to be the disciplinarian. I think knowing that you've come in to be a support to the parent Hmm. and there are two parents if you know, there's a reasonable right. connection. Right. So they are the parents to these children. Yeah. So let the parent be the primary um, disciplinarian. And as time goes on, that may shift a little bit, again, depending on the ages of the children. And then the other thing I would say is to make sure that you establish really clear, consistent routines time with the children, um, the former partners, time with the children, what that looks like. And again, a respectful negotiation Mm -hmm. and allow some flexibility because I think within the context of boundaries and blended families, if you're rigid, it's my time, your time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're not opening the door to it's about the children and we can be flexible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, routines change, works, schedules change, but if it becomes about me and my right, you, mm. you almost tend to weaponize the children unintentionally. Yeah, yeah. Respect and setting clear and reasonable limits mm-hmm. and honoring time with both parents. 
Yeah. Yeah. So Nicola, you were talking about, and I've never, I've, I've actually really never heard this before. And I think it's just so good. And I want to land on it a little bit more. Um, you know, you said it's so important to let the biological parent of the children do the parenting and you're coming along in more of a support role. But over the course of time, those things might shift and you may be able to step into a little bit more of a parenting, I guess, position. Now, I know that for you, um, you stepped in um, to the a family where the boys were like preteen, teen, which, whoa, I've got two boys that are currently one years old and two years old. And I'm like, wait, it's not one. He's not one yet. I think I'm wishful thinking. He is all of four months right now, four months old and two months old. And I'm like thinking about them as teenagers and, oh Lord, please be giving me the grace for that when that day comes. Cause I don't even know, but I just know that teenagers in general, it's like a whole nother world to step into. I would love for you to, even just if it's from your own experience, to speak a little bit more as to what that has looked like. Like, what are the conversations that were had? How did you support and not? I mean, I just feel like that would be a challenge to be kind of stepping into like, I am a parent, but I'm not really fully a parent. They're really the I mean, how is that in a very practical day to day um way flushed itself out and how did that ever transition if it did transition for you where you were like I feel like I can step in with a little more authority in this role I don't know if there's anything else you can speak to to that well yeah I can certainly give you my my own example of I like a clean house for instance yes and it's important to me and uh, <laughs> a clean my- house with two teenage boys <laughs> yes please tell me more <laughs> exactly <laughs> and so there are certain things for me like uh, allowing flexibility. So, you know, Wayne's boys would love to eat something in their bedrooms, for example, mm. you know, they're, they're doing something or whatever. So they take a snack into their bedroom. And so I, I would just ask, I said, Oh, you know, Hey, Matt or Paul or whoever it was, whichever one it was. And I would just say, would you mind making sure that you return the dish to the kitchen? Uh-huh. Um, and I, and I, it was just a simple request you know, right. after after weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of that not being respected, <laughs> and it was really important to me, uh-huh. and then seeing piles of dishes, dirty dishes, mounding up. Yeah. So rather than step into a battle mm-hmm. that is going to uh, maybe temporarily break down the relationship, I would talk to my husband, Wayne, about that. And, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he likes a clean house too. So as soon as he would become aware of it, then he would have a discussion and then he mm-hmm. would set the limits mm-hmm. and the consequences that mm-hmm. are reasonable, fair and enforceable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so at, at a certain point, he just said, you know what, no more eating in bedrooms. You have to eat mm-hmm. in the kitchen dining room, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and for a period of time. And then right. eventually that was allowed again. And yeah. So I started yeah. because I, I'm developing a relationship and it's important to me. Right. So honest communication. Uh, but when it becomes disrespected, then the actual delivery of what those consequences would be. Otherwise, it's just I'm the I'm the awful sure. stepmom, right? Right. I'm the mean stepmom. Absolutely. Which just speaks to how vitally important you and your spouse have to be like in that communication and that support of one another, which is the case for all parenting relationships, but so much in that situation where you have to know that the biological parent, your spouse 
who is the biological parent of those kids is going to be supporting you, that you're going to be in communication with one another and that there's that willingness. And I think that's why it's so good too. Like you said, I mean, you know, we love talking up counseling here just because we're like, it's so, it's so helpful no matter what you're dealing with in life, no matter what situation you find yourself in, it's always going to be helpful. But there are certain circumstances where I just am like, you, you really need this to help navigate this kind of, I'm not saying you need to be in counseling the rest of your life, but for you to have some of that, especially someone who's good with family counseling to help you figure out how those dynamics are going to work in a healthy way. I just feel like that would be so vitally important in that because odds are probably pretty good that neither of you have tried to navigate that before, right? Like this is a whole new thing. Um, and so I, I love um, just having that support for one another, I'm sure is just all the more important um, when you're talking about blended families. And so that's, that's really helpful. And thinking through a child's perspective, you know, because you've you've said that you've worked with young children, but also adult children who can find themselves. And and man, I'm sure again, just the situations and the dynamics are so unique uh, from family to family. But I'm just thinking through. You know, I mean, Scripture talks about honor thy father and mother, right? And so when you are in um, within either the context of a blended family, or even when you're just navigating parents who are divorced, you know, um, can you just talk a little bit about honor thy father, father and mother and what that looks like in these types of situations? Yeah. And I think from a step person's, a step parent's perspective, if you can create an atmosphere in, in your home to let those children know that their parent, their biological parent, will not be disrespected in this home, will be honored with our words. Mm -hmm. Find ways to affirm mm -hmm. the biological parent mm -hmm. and find ways. Holiday celebrations are great, great times. Birthdays, Christmases, Mother's Day, Father's Day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I'm a step parent to two boys. Mm -hmm. And they were very little when their parents split up. They were four and six. Mm -hmm. And I came on the scene when they were 11 and 13. Mm. Oh. And so being boys Ooh. and with a dad who'd been on his own a lot. Yeah. And his love language isn't really gifts. And so, but I'm a girl and their mom is a girl. Yeah. And so I would start with things like Mother's Day, you know, if, if the door was open to suggestions and I bet your mom would really like this mm. and helping them select gifts. Or I remember one time with the youngest, he was um, with us on a weekend and it happened to be his mom's uh, birthday and his, and his dad was out with his older brother and we just had a conversation and I said, Oh, what's your mom doing this weekend? And he said, Oh, it's her birthday. And I, Oh, is she celebrating? How does she celebrate? No, she's at home by herself. And I said, Oh, Matthew, I said, hey, would you like to go and get her some flowers and I can take you over there? Mm. And so we went and we bought some flowers and he was so excited. And I dropped him off and I parked ways away again, boundaries and allowing them their little time and space. Mm. And and I waited. And when he came flying back to my car, his face was beaming. His mom was mm. thrilled. And so, again, that's honoring her yeah. and it's affirming him as her son. And it's creating that space that you know, we're not opposed, we're together, yes. you know? Oh, that's so good. I love just the picture that you are painting of 
a true just like team approach of raising these children and prioritizing the good of the children over your own preferences, maybe your own pride, maybe your own insecurities, you know, um, because I just feel like that could be very, very challenging for you to step into a position of like these boys already have a mom (laughs) and I'm like somehow going to be this other mom figure. And what does that look like? And that could really stir up for the healthiest of people that could stir up insecurity and fear about how you're going to navigate that. And the fact that you would lean into that and say, you know what? No, this is not this mom versus this mom. (laughs) This is me supporting your biological mom. And in doing that, being the best stepmom that I could possibly be for you. And, you know, I think too, so much of the pain and heartache and honestly just some of the damage that I have seen done to children in these situations is when parent gets pitted against another parent or step parent or there's just there's not only the the marriage that has ended but there is now just this bitterness and pitting up against each other manipulating kids against the other like you said weaponizing the kids and how much damage that is doing to children today and and truly carrying on into their own. I mean, all of those things we struggle with as adults usually all have their roots from our childhood, right? Absolutely. (laughs) And so how much that's going to affect the rest of their lives. And so I think you being able to work as much as you can from a place of peace and and unity within that family, even though maybe the actual marriage is no longer like you're able to unify together. I just think that's so, so good and so important. I'm going to throw you a little curveball here. Yeah. What if you find yourself in a, a situation where and I don't you know, I don't know exactly even what yours is, Nicola, but like, what if you find yourself in a situation where the, a biological parent, um, maybe, maybe you're the step parent and the biological parent of the children is a, maybe a very toxic, very unhealthy, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's one of the reasons the marriage ended. Maybe they were abusive. Maybe there was an addiction situation. Like what if it's a situation where there have been very, very strong boundaries that have had to be set? Is there a way to still, in your position, honor and respect a parent that has, you know, is in a different place, if you will, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think even in a situation like that, I mean, it's perfect love casts out fear Mm -hmm. and acts of kindness towards that parent. You can still have very clear boundaries and for what's safe and secure or whoever has the parental, you know, custody or whatever, and still find ways to, um, let the children honor their parent Mm -hmm. you know you can still find ways to uh little gifts or note cards or yeah yeah whatever whatever small act of kindness i think goes a long way Mm -hmm. that's good it's making me think i know i've heard from uh brooke keels who's uh always typically here on the mercy talk i've always heard her talk about in her work with uh a lot of her you know um time in working with uh, hurting people have, have been with young younger boys like teenage adolescent boys and she she has just seen so much over the years she said you know um, kids want to love their parents no matter how horrible <laughs> their parents yeah. may be or abuse what I mean you name it 
kids have this inborn desire to love their mom and dad. Um, And so I think you as maybe a step parent to come in and say, let's talk about how even if the parent is, and and this isn't saying that you're going to just talk up about how wonderful and great an abusive parent was, but for you to just be able to say, to even if you don't outright say that, like, I know you want to love your parent, like for you just to know that in the back of your mind, that no matter how (laughs) messed up a mom and dad they may have, there's still something inside of them that wants to love their parent, that you can come alongside them and teach them a healthy way to still love and respect and honor their parent, um, even if it doesn't mean crossing unhealthy boundaries and letting a toxic parent into your life, there's still a way to love and respect them. And you're modeling that for them in that way. So, um, man, that's, that's really, that's really good. That's really powerful. I love it. Um, okay. Let's like shift gears a little bit here and talk about just how important it is. You know, we, we've already talked about grieving what was lost and how important it is to be able to really, to really grieve that because I think, no, if, if that's a marriage or a, a family situation or literally anything in life that you, I mean, I'm learning this more and more and more. The older I get, the more I'm realizing when things end that were meaningful or important in my life, I have got to take the time to grieve what I have lost. If I do not, I am going to be operating out of a, a grief that is just chasing after me because you cannot escape grief. It chases you for the rest of your life until you're willing to <laughs> you're willing to do it and it will literally alter your relationships. It'll alter the way you live your life if you do not take that time. So I think it's so good that we have really, um, we really hit that piece on grieving what was lost, but let's kind of shift and talk about, um, you know, just that process of creating something new. So are there some ways that you would share just about how you can create something new while you still actually honor what was lost or honor the past, if you will? Yeah, I think I think family traditions. So if in the first family they did Friday night was nacho night and movie night or board game night, um, keeping consistent traditions mm-hmm. that the children are used to mm-hmm. and joining in with that and and being a part of that. And then over time, you can you can adapt to some of your own and mm-hmm. create something new. But yeah, I think it's really important to honor. It might even be like family recipes or something that were always a part of Christmas or, yeah. you know, Easter or birthdays, maybe the way birthdays were celebrated. Yeah. So I think keeping, keeping those you can, and again, you can add to them and create something new, but keeping some foundational ones in place, mm-hmm. I think creates that stability and security for children. Mm-hmm. That's great. Obviously navigating any family <laughs> is going to have its challenges, no matter what. Families are messy. They take a lot of work. It's going to have challenges, but certainly navigating a blended family, as we have already talked about today, is going to have just its own unique challenges. So can you just speak in general to the topic of failure, forgiveness, repentance, all of those things when it comes to navigating a a blended family? Yeah. And I think I think, again, to put it back on myself, I mean, I sound like a saint giving these top tips, but, you know, I failed <laughs> and I have sure. made mistakes. Yeah. And I've also walked beside people that are in blended families that have made mistakes, too. And mm-hmm. so I think, again, um, what's really powerful with children of any age is being able to say you're sorry, own it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it makes you human and it allows them to make mistakes and own their mm-hmm. mistakes. So, again, it's modeling that I'm not perfect 
yeah. and that I, you know, I love you. I deeply care about you and I've made a mistake. So owning your mistakes, I think is important. Um, again, I think going back to the weaponizing of children, um, you know, sometimes there's been frustrations for whatever reasons, mm-hmm. you know, for, for the parent themselves to, to learn like the biological parent that is in the new union to make sure they're so careful not mm-hmm. to, you know, share that with the child, whatever the frustration is mm-hmm. to protect that part mm-hmm. of them, um, for their own self-esteem for who yes. they are made up of both parents. I think that is so, so important in the challenge. And then yeah. I think, I think, uh, for me, letting go of being perfect when I got married. So again, being, had, having been a youth leader, I mean, I, there was no reason we couldn't have had children. In fact, initially my husband wanted to have more children and I, I was open, but I, again, going back to what I had seen, I never wanted his boys to feel like mm. they were peripheral. Mm. I wanted to know it was, it was awful enough that they had gone through the experience they had. And I wanted them to know that they were central. Yeah. So that was the reason. And of course, a whole other podcast is my own grief of loss of, mm. of not having children of my own as well. So that's a side mm. line. Um, but letting go of being the perfect parent, you know, I, yeah. I did my best and I made mistakes and being authentic and extending grace to myself was a learning curve in that and to every other member of the family as well. Yeah. Uh, So it's back to love, acceptance and forgiveness. And I guess a couple of verses for me, Romans 12 2, be devoted to one another in love and honor one another above yourselves Mm. is a key verse that I think trying to live at peace with everyone when it's at all possible. Goodness, just hearing everything that you've shared today, I just have, you know, this is not a dynamic that I have experienced as a, as a child um, and, or as an adult at this point, you know, I mean, I'm like, this is not, this is new territory to me. I've never, you know, had to navigate this, but the more you're sharing, the more I'm just realizing for this to be handled and navigated in a healthy way, how much, humility is required (laughs) by all parties, you know, to be able to say, and, and what you just shared, like to love other people above yourselves, to devote yourself to that place of just kindness, even when you may not feel like it, even when you feel like it, it could be hitting up against some of your own insecurities, it's making me realize, goodness, to navigate this well you have got to be healthy yourself just as a human being, apart from all of the relational dynamics, like you need to be healthy, whole, have your own sense of confidence in the Lord and who you are, you know, to be able to really have a confidence in yourself as a parent um, for all parties, for the biological parents, for the step parents, for the people, you know, I mean, it's just so important that you be a healthy human being to be able to navigate this in a healthy way. Um, And so um, I'm, I'm just kind of leaving with that thought in mind, but, um, you know, before we, I guess, share any final thoughts, I know that this is not part of your story, but I would guess that, um, you know, through all of the years in your work with mercy that you have, um, kind of had to have these kind of conversations maybe with women who've come through the program. You know, I do know, um, quite a few families where there were children from the previous marriages. And then in the new marriage, they also had children. And you said for you guys, you just, you decided that you did not want to have more children because you wanted those boys to stay central in that family. Um, 
for those who do choose to have children, would you have advice on how they can keep the children from the previous marriages um, feeling honored and loved and valued and like they are not not the peripheral, as you've said? I think um, that is that's huge. Are there any thoughts or advice that you would have? Yeah, I well, and again, it's not my experience, but I know from working with youth and working with young people that have felt that way. I think just asking them the questions, you know, checking in with them, asking them the questions, you know, do you feel included or yeah. things, giving, giving them um, a place of leadership in the marriage, in the, in the family, mm-hmm. you know, and choosing, mm-hmm. you know, what recreational activities are we going to do? What are the traditions you'd like to set with your new brother and sister or whatever it is? Yeah. Again, it's, it's, bringing them into the decision-making process for what, how you're going to live your life and what you're going to do and what traditions or, yeah. And I think also remembering the biological parent of the original family, making sure that there is time and space for that parent to, you know, depending on the age, if it's a young girl, date that girl, take her out one-on-one, elevate her, make her special, affirm her, you know, or if it's a boy, you know, go to a hockey game, making sure that there is intentional time given to, so that they know that they're not an afterthought, that they Mm -hmm. are important. Mm -hmm. That's so good. And I'm sure even just being so prayerful for your own heart in that, because I can only imagine that um, if I married into um, a situation where there already were children, but then I had my own biological children, there would need to be that place of prayer of like, Lord, this child is of my flesh and blood. And may I be able to see these other children with the same heart of a mother as I do my own biological child. So that there is just, I mean, and that is something that I believe the Lord can bless you with and give to you. Um, Even if that's not a natural response, you know, you'd think naturally I would just be more drawn and devoted to my own flesh and blood than I would any other kids. But I believe that the Lord can really come in in that scenario and give you a heart that is expanded to really include those other children. So um, that's really good. I mean, oh, there are truly a hundred podcasts that could get branched off of this one, but this has been so, so good. And I would love if, are there any just final thoughts, words of encouragement that you would have for our listeners today? Again, whether they're the ones navigating this or they know people who are anything at all that you'd share. Yeah, I think, I think we can blend well. um, And we can also make mistakes and it's checking in with yourself. Um, obviously making sure God is in the center of all that you're doing in your marriage, in your family, and um, and and doing the work ongoing. It isn't a one-time, mm-hmm. okay, we figured this out, we've got the perfect blended family. Different stages, developmental stages with children and with yourselves and your needs. And, and yeah. so, yeah, it's just checking in and, uh, and making sure you have the support you need in the journey mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, That's and great. grace, grace, grace. Grace, so much grace, man. I'm actually receiving that today myself, <laughs> even though I'm just, I think, I think it's so good that after all that we've said and all of the, you know, just words of wisdom and advice for navigating this well, I think the, what you shared a few minutes ago is so important to end today, just knowing <laughs> that despite all of the 
the hard work that you may put into navigating this well, you're probably just going to make some mistakes. And I mean, that's one of the greatest things that um, a counselor told me years and years ago before my, my husband and I uh, started having started trying to have our own kids. You know, I just I was so scared right before we yeah. started that journey because I was like, I'm going to mess up these kids. Like I'm going to have kids and I'm going to mess them up. <laughs> and I was just I was in tears in this counseling office. And he looked at me and he goes, yep, you are. <laughs> and it was the most yeah. freeing thing that anyone told me because he said, you know what? The goal of being a mom and dad is not to do it perfectly and to give your kids this perfectly put together life with no issues and no pain and no heartache. It's not possible. For whatever reason, the Lord chose messed up human beings to raise human beings, you know? And so just having that grace of saying, it's not about getting it perfect. It's not about never hurting or wounding your child. It's going to happen whether we're talking about blended families or just parents in general, but your ability to repair the wounds and your ability to repent and ask for forgiveness and work through that is actually more beneficial for your children than if you never messed up at all. Yeah. And so I continue to have to remind myself of that uh, as a mom now, but um, I think it's also very applicable to this conversation of just knowing that um, there's so much grace for that, giving yourself grace, giving the other parents in the situation grace, giving your kids so much grace, um, and also being willing to repair and repent and ask for forgiveness when that's needed. I just think that's such a good reminder. So. Nicola, thank you so much. This was so fun to have you on today. And I know that there are other topics on your heart to be able to speak about on Mercy Talk. So we will look forward to having you on the show again in the future. But um, thank you just for sharing um, not only these words of wisdom, but just even from your own story, what you've learned. It's been so fun having you here. So. We hope that you all have enjoyed this conversation today. Um, and if the content in these podcasts has been helpful for you, we would be so, so grateful if you would help us out by rating the show, writing a review, wherever it is that you might listen. And if you have any thoughts or questions about what we discussed today, um, or if you'd just even like to share your ideas for future podcast topics, please let us know by emailing us at mercytalk at mercymultiplied.com. Thank you again so much for joining us today.